Hi, I'm Jenny Whitehead, and this is my podcast. With different guests, we will be discussing relationships, families, and how to grow and strengthen them. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of my podcast. Um, we are going to be talking a little bit about divorce and um, how how that looks in family life, and um, I guess even if if things can be worked out or if divorce is needed. And so we're going to be talking to my friend Tammy today um, a little bit about her experiences and um, yeah, kind of what what things happened what things happened, but how her life kind of changed and um, the effect that it had on her. So I will kind of turn the time over to Tammy. Uh, Hi, uh, my name is Tammy and I am a 43 year old divorced woman. I have three children and uh, it's been almost 10 years since I made the decision to walk away from my marriage. Um, And it was solely my decision. I wasn't influenced by anyone, um, but there were a lot of demons and secrets that I had been keeping for many, many years. And it got to a point where I had to make a decision. Um, there was a catalyst, unfortunately, that involved social services that kind of helped with that decision. Mm-hmm. But I, it's funny, you know, I, I never thought about leaving my husband until the day I left my husband. Really? Yeah. Even after social services got involved, um, my first husband was abusive. Okay. Um, and it's, I always feel like I have to say he, he turned out okay in the end. Like he has gotten help and he is, he's a good man and he's mm-hmm. a good dad, but he was not, not where he needed to be. Yeah. He had moments, but not where he needed to be. Um, and so there was an incident with social services and he was removed from our home for a few days. And a, a lot of people think, well, then why didn't it just end right there? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, I guess I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Well, there's also like you've put so much time and commitment. You have kids. Like it's not just yeah. I don't know when it's abuse. It's always like oh, you just have to leave. But there's always the hope. I think isn't mm-hmm. there that yeah. And I was raised to not be a quitter. Yeah. Right. And um, my brother was divorced, and I thought, well, I, I'm I'm not going to do that. And and um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and there's lots of times where you look. I look back on uh, things that had happened over the almost 14 years. Mm-hmm. And why didn't I leave then? Why didn't I leave then? And actually, I did leave him once before. Okay. When just after our first child was born, he was about, oh, how old was he? I don't know. I don't even know if he was a year yet. Okay. And oh, he's six months old. That's right. And so anyways, I, I left. and But I went back the next day. And I actually had sought some help from my bishop mm-hmm. who didn't give it. Um, he kind of brushed under the rug and let's just, let's, you went back. So let's just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. So that's what I did. I pretended it never happened. And we moved forward, you know, three kids later and things weren't getting better. And, uh, again, like there were good moments, but th- when there were bad moments, there were bad they moments. Were and so, um, yeah, social services came in, he was removed. He came back. That was in December. And then something happened in January and I remember, I remember that day very well. And actually it was that night. And then the next morning I found bruises on Kelsey that I couldn't hide anymore. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. I sent her to school 
and they called social services and so then oh sorry that, that was in december in january something happened there was another fight and then the next morning he wouldn't speak to me he wouldn't speak to the kids he just up and went to work and mm-hmm. and i remember i don't know if i ever told you the story that was the day they were putting the angel moroni on the top of the temple okay and i decided that i was going to pull the kids from school that morning anyway so we could go watch it happen yeah. so he left for work i ran up to my room burst into tears um, I, I hit my knees and I just said, I don't know what to do at this point now. Mm-hmm. You tell me what you want me to do. Cause I, I can't, I can't make a decision on my own mm-hmm. and, uh, got it together. And we went to the temple. It was so cold that day. It was cold and it was miserable and the kids were miserable. Yeah. And why are we here? This is so boring. My fingers hurt. <laughs> we were not dressed appropriately. But I remember standing there and it was cold and the wind was blowing and this was all happening and the kids were with me. And I had this feeling in this moment that said, the only time you're really, truly happy is when it's just you and the kids. Mm-hmm. And I went home, I called my bishop, different bishop at this point. And I said, I need to talk to you. And uh, I met with him that night and he said, if you don't feel safe, you shouldn't be in your home. Mm-hmm. And I left that night and never went back. Okay. And so, and it was like my heart had made the decision mm-hmm. and fine for the first time in years, my heart and my head made the decision together. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like the light went off, right? <laughs> a light went off in my head. <clears throat> um, and, and that was just it. It was, it made the decision for me and there was no going back. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much he begged or pleaded or cried or wrote me letters or whatever, the answer was no. Mm-hmm. And it stayed no. I never faltered. I never, I went to the temple. I got my answer there. And and people will say to you, oh, well, God would never tell a family, especially an eternal one, that they shouldn't be together. Mm-hmm. God doesn't say you should get a divorce. God will never say that. Yeah. But he will say, you know, you deserve this or you should be this or, you know, mm-hmm. I love you. You need to be safe or, or whatever. The, 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 the decision to make it final comes from you. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. And even my ex had had an experience where he prayed and prayed and prayed that God would soften my heart and change my mind. And God said, I can't make decisions for her. Mm-hmm. It is her choice. That's why we're given the free will that we have. And so I, I fought for a lot of years waiting for things to get better. And when you walk away from a marriage, you... You need to be able to look back and say, I did everything I could. Mm -hmm. I did everything in my power, whether it's through counseling or prayer or conversations or whatever it has to be. Mm -hmm. I did, and I did, I did everything I could. Mm -hmm. Could I have tried harder? I suppose you can always say you can try harder, but at what point do you stop beating your head against a wall? And at what point do you decide your safety and your children's safety comes before your pride? There's trying harder. Well, there's always like, what's that quote? Like you can work smarter or you can work harder. Yeah. And sometimes working harder is just torturing yourself. Well, it is like, right. Yeah. And it wasn't until I left and he was forced to be put into a position where he had to change. Mm -hmm. And at that point it wasn't changing for me. Yeah. And there was a point where I had said, you know, I am proud of you for the, for the, what you've done. And he said, well, too bad it wasn't good enough for you. It wasn't supposed to be good enough for me. It was supposed yeah. to be good enough for you. Yeah. And I hope that he's come to that realization now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's a, he, he became a, a, 
million times better father. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, he can be a better partner with someone else at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't meant to be for us. Yeah. And the whole eternal family thing. Well, you know what? My family is still eternal and I have enough faith in my heart to know that, you know, my kids are mine forever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, but does that still hurt? It does. Mm-hmm. It does. I wish that that could be different. I wish that I could be sealed to the husband I have now. And maybe one day I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but my children are still mine forever. Yeah. And and my relationship with, with my heavenly father is, is better now because of that. Mm-hmm. But you'll know when it's your time to go, you'll know. Yeah. You'll know. And you have to listen for it and look for it. But don't run around dwelling on it for 10 years. Yeah. Should I get divorced today? Should I not get divorced today? Yeah. But like I said, I didn't know I was getting divorced. I never entertained the idea. Mm-hmm. It I, wasn't it's something that you had considered any time during your marriage until it was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Today I'm done. My heart is done. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's I have never once been like, I wonder what it would have been like if we'd stay together. I wonder if he could change for me. I wonder if it'd be better. It's, it's no, it's done. Yeah. So I have a question, I guess. So the second time you went to your bishop and he said, okay, this is not a safe situation. Did that, and I guess let's say go back. So the first bishop who kind of was struggling the rug, do you think if that had been handled differently, do you think maybe a divorce would have happened sooner or maybe a divorce could have even been deported, avoided later on down the road? Or do you think it? Perhaps. Um, I don't really think too much about it. Right. Um, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So should that bishop have done more? Yes. Um, Because I went to him in my time of need. Right. And even just to feel supported and loved by your bishop, that's what I needed at that time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get it. And so could it have helped us? Perhaps. You know, could we have taken some classes or done some things? But at the end of the day, if the person you're working with, um, your spouse, your partner, whatever, you know, it is, they have to want to change. Right. And my ex-husband and I had had multiple conversations of him saying, I need to be better. I need to do this. I shouldn't treat you like this. I shouldn't say those things. I shouldn't do these things, but the change change never happened. So it's all, it's, it's just lip service until you do something about it. So could that Bishop have made a difference? I don't know. I don't hold it against him. He passed away a few years ago. Um, I still loved him as a human, Mm -hmm. you know, I know he had a good heart and and that was fine. I think the big difference between that Bishop and the one I had that helped me was his parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and he, he, he was actually a high school principal. And so he was, when social services got involved, I actually gave them his information. So he knew everything that was happening and loved you know, all of us regardless. Mm -hmm. And so he just had a better understanding of the whole picture. Whereas before we were still newlyweds, kind of like it only been four years. Mm -hmm. Everything was still very fresh. We're young. We'll work it out. We just, we didn't work it out. I'm really good at burying things. I'm really good at bottling it up and burying it under the rug. And, and, uh, and that's what I chose to do. And so until you couldn't, yeah, Mm -hmm. until I couldn't anymore. And when it all came out, what was going on, 98% of people in my life had no idea, mm-hmm. including my entire family. No one in my family knew what, what had been going on. Right. Um, because, you know, 
And my, and my, my, my father was very upset with me and still he's like, why didn't you say something to us? Well, what am I supposed to say that the kids and I are being abused, but I'm not going to leave him yet. Well, how's that going to go? Yeah. Right. So I think we, you know, the, the victim tends to, we, we keep that to ourselves because we don't want anyone else trying to push or persuade or, or mm-hmm. you know, influence decision or to treat the other person differently because that's going to make life harder for us too. Right. It's just easier to keep it all close to home mm-hmm. and then no one has to know yeah. and put that outer facade on and then no one has to know. Right. Well, that, that makes sense. Well, all of us put on that outer facade so that we look, mm-hmm. look the part and then we don't talk about it. And then, yep. and maybe it will go away. And maybe it will go away. <laughs> right. But you know, it's, I remember having another Bishop, um, here in Alberta who pulled me into his office one time by myself and Mm -hmm. said, you know, when I look at you from my seat, you don't look happy, Mm -hmm. you know, what's wrong. And I kept it to myself and buried it and didn't say anything. And then I had other things that were going on that I could say were bothering me. Um, People will notice Mm -hmm. people. There's a lot of people that are watching from the sidelines, especially people who have experienced it but don't want to say anything because they know you're not ready to hear it. Right. Um, when you go through postpartum, you know, it, it takes the right person to bring it up to you, mm-hmm. but you have to recognize it in yourself first that there was a problem before you can go get help. Right. When your marriage is falling apart, it's the same thing. And so a lot of people would sit on the sidelines and wait for, you know, me to be ready to say it's time or I need help. Mm-hmm. And well, I, and if anybody spoke too early that, could even almost push you in. That's right. Farther. That's right. But it's, this is why it's so important to talk about these types of topics, especially in our um, culture, because mm-hmm. there's how many women are hiding the fact that they are feeling neglected, the right. fact that they are being, and abuse is a word that I don't like to throw out because it, it can be twisted and mangled in so many ways. But there are so many different elements of abuse that we go through in relationships. And sometimes we go through them, you know, there's people who might be, how do I say this without totally offending people? Go go for it. (laughs) Just go for it. There are ways that you can verbally and emotionally abuse someone without ever intending to do that. Yeah. And that kind of intentional. It's very intentional. It's like benevolent abuse, like where you think you're doing it for the good of, not even the good of the person, but yeah. But you're just so comfortable with them that you'll, you know, well, why are you being so stupid today? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a big word. And if we teach our toddlers not to say it, we probably shouldn't say it either. Yeah. And and I think that a, a lot of times that's kind of what we bury ourselves under. But when someone is, is going through it, and I've seen it myself now as I've served in different positions too and worked with different people or have clients that come into the salon to get their hair done. And I listen to the way they talk about their spouses and I listen to the things that are going on. And you can hear who's on what end of that spectrum. Right. And it's really hard sometimes to not say, have you ever, you know, thought that, you know, you're not being treated properly. Right. You know, this isn't actually acceptable. Well, it's just the way they are. Oh, it's just the way they were raised. That's my mm-hmm. favorite. Oh, it's just the way I was raised. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not right. It's not right. Yeah. And now that I'm in a, a, a healthy marriage that doesn't have that aspect to it, it's, it's a lot easier to look back on it and see where a lot of that, generates from and you mm-hmm. tolerate it and you put up with it and oh he didn't mean it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter 
don't talk that way mm -hmm. to someone that you love with your whole heart, or at least that's what you say you do. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important that these conversations have to happen and people need to hear them so that they can have the, they can have the courage to either change it, mm -hmm. make that decision that you're going to change it. And again, that, that needs to be a hard, honest conversation with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to change this? Can you recognize that this isn't healthy, that this isn't good, that this hurts my feelings? Yeah. Um, and if that can't happen, well, then where are you going to go from there? Yeah. No, I agree. I'm a big believer that, that any marriage can be saved if both people are willing to work hard at it. Yeah. But if they're not, then yeah. Then sometimes it's just... Yeah. Well, and I was willing to work at it for so long. And then you hit a point where... Well, one person was willing to work on it for so long. Yeah. One person is not a marriage. And I find with... Especially... And maybe it's more so with women. But with women, when we turn our hearts off... They're off. Yeah. They don't come back on. And if leading up to that time, even the month before when social services was involved and all these requirements were made by them of mm -hmm. parenting classes and anger management classes, if those challenges, for lack of a better term, were faced and thought, yes, I'm going to turn myself around. I'm going to make this better. Um, and apologies were genuine apologies mm -hmm. were made um maybe yeah maybe whether it was saved or it was you know pushed out longer but again it all happens for a reason i look at the things i've had to go through with my kids now as teenagers especially mm -hmm. with my daughter mm -hmm. i honestly don't think that we could have dealt with them together in a healthy way mm -hmm. i think that it would have been so hard to give her and them what they need mm -hmm. together. I think apart, the kids are getting a different perspective mm -hmm. and they have safe places to go at different times yeah. wherever, that, wherever that needs to be. And there's, we had to get divorced. Well, and he became a better man, it sounds like, because of it. And mm -hmm. you've become a stronger woman because of it. And That's it's, right. It's never the ideal. Yeah. But no. And the kids yeah, actually so you, said, they, yeah. you know, what do you think it'd be like if you were still married to dad? And I says, well, you wouldn't be living here. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have a stepdad that you love, mm -hmm. you know, Liam wouldn't, you know, be with the girlfriend he has. Cause he wouldn't have moved. We never would have moved to Airdrie. Right. You wouldn't be in the schools. You wouldn't have the friends you have. And so do you wish that away so that you could have kept your parents together? And they all agreed that no, they mm -hmm. wouldn't change, you know, they wouldn't change how it is. And, and that's because every child blames themselves. Yeah. At some point, every child does. I know all three of mine have mm -hmm. at some point. And, Thankfully, they're all mature enough now that they can see the perspective of that. But it was the best thing to do for our family mm -hmm. was to split it in half, mm -hmm. unfortunately. It doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't yeah. mean it was, but, and it, you know, it doesn't, and it's funny. I hope he never hears this. <laughs> I have a very small listener. <laughs> right. <laughs> but from the minute he left, I never wanted him to touch me again, mm -hmm. ever. To this day, if he steps too close to me, I get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I still don't like to be alone with him. Mm -hmm. I will not talk on the phone with him unless I have to. And mm -hmm. I've always got Jim with me. Um, I just, it's, it's my, it's just my comfort level. I've spent too many years not feeling safe. Right. And to this day, I still don't totally feel safe. And so, um, 
<laughs> Where was it going with that? Oh yeah. Um, the thought of still being with him actually makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the thought of being intimate with him. I don't like the thought of him sitting beside me on the couch. I don't like the thought of being in the car with him. Mm-hmm. Like none of that, that's gone. Yeah. Like I said, when my heart shut off, it shut off yeah. and it was done. And obviously it was really close to being done long before because it took time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, no, it's done. It's done. It's done. And I can look at him now. There's lots of times I look at him and I don't even recognize him. I don't even know who he is anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the times that we laughed and joked and, and you know, the things that we did, the trips that we took, the time with the kids, the photos. My Our family photos still pop up on Facebook. There's oh, so many yeah. memories. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Oh, oh never. It yeah. happened. It happened. <laughs> I was there. But it, it it all worked out fine Yeah. in the end. No, it was feel supposed that, to. Yeah, and you don't feel that way for a long time. Oh, because that's what I was going to say. Even though I... I don't like the thought of, of being with him. Um, I uh, I couldn't sleep in our marital bed for weeks after. Mm-hmm. Weeks and weeks and weeks I slept on the couch or the floor or anywhere else besides our bed. If I was in the bed, the kids were with me, yeah. which never ended in good sleep. And so it still hurts. Mm-hmm. Like I still felt brokenhearted, mm-hmm. even though I'm the one who broke my heart in some ways. Like he broke it. But I made the decision to finish it. Yeah, it was hanging on by a thread, and I cut the thread. It was over. But it still, it still hurts, and I still, I still, um, I still, I didn't wish it back, but I wished it different. Like it, I felt betrayed. Yeah, like I wasn't good enough to work for. I wasn't good enough. That was what I had said to him. I wasn't good enough for you to fight for. Yeah, and so I fight for myself now. Well, I think broken hearts, like, yes, it was hanging on and you felt broken hearted and indeed you did. But that hanging on was never going to heal. Your broken heart was never going to heal while it was just like no dangling there. Like no. it had to be all the way broken. Yeah. And then you could heal it. And then I could put it back together. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and your mm-hmm. insight. Um, yeah, that was perfect. Thank you. after talking with Tammy kind of about um, her decision to leave and her reasons why, and I think there's always going to be guilt of, did I try hard enough and what could I have done? And there's going to be some situations like in areas of abuse where, where you can only, you can only do so much. And for the safety of you and your kids, you just, you just have to go. And then there will always be the judgment of, well, why didn't you leave sooner? And it's, yeah, you're always just going to be kind of stuck between a, um, rock in a hard place, but I think it's always important to recognize, um, the safety in the situation and in her situation. Yeah, she, you can't keep trying to work it out when there's safety involved. Um, um, but then I was looking at, um, divorce rates and in the U S anyway, it says 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce, 60% of remarriages end in divorce and 30% of active members end up getting divorced. 
and it's 12% of, I think, RM women end up getting divorced, and 16% of RM men getting divorced, and RM as a return missionary. And I remember thinking, um, when I was a young woman, oh, if you marry a return missionary in the temple, you're going to be laughing and golden, and nothing could possibly ever go wrong. Um, and it's just goes to show with those numbers and and even in life situations and people you know that that's just not the case and that marriage can be hard work and I think at some point or another in every marriage you may end up asking the question should I keep trying to work it out what is it is it still worth it um and whether that is because of abuse or infidelity or um um, intimacy issues there's always going to be the question of is should I keep working to fix this and I think um, in the textbook that I was reading, it talks about just causes of divorce. And I think sometimes we just think, oh, it's too hard or we fall out of love and that's the reason for divorce. When really I think there's there's so much more to it. Um, and again, not to be judgmental of people in different situations, but I think, and I mentioned this to Tammy, um, I think anything can be fixed. You can fix almost anything in a marriage if you are both willing to work at it. And I think that's the key. So um, infidelity can be fixed and overcome if you're both willing to work at it. Different addictions can be overcome if you are both willing to work at it. And falling out of love or just not liking each other anymore can be overcome if you are both willing to work at it. But if one of you are done, then then that doesn't really give you a whole lot of options. Um, so then I think maybe you need to explore more what, what your just cause is and, and if it is possible for you to work it out. If it is not possible, then then I guess it's, yeah, you got to make your decision from there. Um, so again, thanks to Tammy for talking to us. Um, we just have a, a only a few more podcasts left to go for this semester. Um so next week we will be talking about, I'm trying to remember what I had. We will be talking about um, repentance and forgiveness within a family life, which kind of goes along with a past couple um, podcasts, which we have previously done. So hopefully we can kind of tie stuff up together for a good ending. All right, thanks. And hopefully we'll see you next time.